0: The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. Second Chronicles 69 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Okay? Now let's just, let's just look at that. Okay, let's just stay with that part right there. Okay, the eyes of the Lord. So God is always looking for hearts that he can empower. God is always looking for someone who will say, I will partner with you, Lord, to make my life a vessel for you. Now... If we look at this, God is looking for partners. And you may think, well, if he's God, why would he need a partner? But God has always partnered with mankind, always. He, he, well, if he didn't need mankind, well, why would he have made Adam and Eve? I mean, let's just think about this logically. Why would he have made Adam and Eve? Well, he made Adam and Eve to worship him. Why did he want Adam and Eve to worship him when the angels are on point and their jam is, holy, holy, holy are you God? <laughs> that seems a little bit redundant. For God to make someone, and he already had that on point. Man is different than the angels because man has the power. We are created, the Genesis says, in his likeness. And so what is that likeness? We have the power to do what angels can't. Angels cannot create. Angels are sent messengers, and they can only do what God tells them to do. We have a free will and can create. We have seed in us. Not only can you create something tangibly, purpose, a business or a a ministry or uh, an outreach program, but you can also create in your seed. You you have the power to create life. We are like God. Three parts. And and so in this, we see this, this huge plan unfold where God, who didn't need to, but would unlock man's potential if man would partner with him mm-hmm. and see great things yeah. happen. You know, when you hear something like this, you know, um, based on what season of life you're in, it's like, ah. Because if you're young, you're like, "Yeah, I want to change the world! You know, if you're older, you're like, oh, that sounds really tiring. <laughs> Okay, I'm just trying to keep my family safe. I'm just trying to keep my people right. I'm just, I don't have time to change the world. I'm just getting God to change me. And you know what? Here's the thing is this seems to be a big question in our country, and especially with millennials, because everybody wants to do something great, awesome, epic, incredible. But r- the reality of it is, and I'm going to say this, and, I, and once I say this, you're going to have to process it a second but the bottom line is that we're all ordinary and i know some of you strong-willed never failed people you're like you may be but i'm not ordinary but if you think about life well, it's, just, it's just an ordinary life, and God used ordinary people, and once His Holy Spirit hit them, they had supernatural results. And, and so many times we think that, it, well, I've got to sell everything, and I've got to move to this remote part of the country, and I've got to enter the sphere, and I've got to do this, or I've got to do homeless shelters for orphans. I've got to do something really, really big for God to be pleased with my life. And we don't know really how to deal with how do I take my ordinary life and do what God's called me to do. in every day where I'm at, how do I do that? And I guess that's what my, my, my concept, my, my topic that I want to talk about today is we've got to make ordinary work. Yeah. We've got to make ordinary work. And, and I don't know about you, but um, uh, I have to make a confession. I don't know if you have a jam. That you, you, you have a, like a go-to jam? You know, maybe back from your you know, y- younger years. I've got a go-to jam. And uh, I am a serial Eye of the Tiger listener. <laughs> I'm going to confess that to you. I'm a serial "I of the Tiger" listener. Uh maybe call it living through the '80s. Call it loving Rocky. I don't know, but I the Tiger is on my playlist. It's it's my jam. You know, I mean, there are times when I will put that on, and I, you know, I hit the open road. I'm going to work out. I'm doing. You know, what I'm saying I'm hanging out with my kids, and we're just we're just. It's I. It's it's just. It calls for it. It's like this is not I of the Tiger moment. <laughs> yeah, I, I and some of you are like. Well, I only listen to worship. I got worship. I got worship on my playlist. I love it. I take, you know what I'm saying? I go there. I shout to the Lord. But but I don't know about you, but there's some movies. And and it's like, I don't know if you ever watch YouTube, but there's like these inspirational videos. And the guy is talking or working out, and then but the music behind it is so epic. It's like you're getting jazzed, and and you're like not doing anything. You're not doing any cardio. You're not even thinking about doing any athletics. But you're watching this, and and and, the, and you're like, oh, you, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you get that way. I get that way. I took my son and a couple of um, the cousins. Uh, a couple months ago to a Razorback game. Okay, so we went to the Razorback basketball game. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I, I have, I, I just got done coaching uh, fifth grade basketball. Okay, and I, and I know where I went wrong. I should have had music playing in the background because it would have been more epic. You know? But it's like you go to the Hogs game and the lights and 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 the, and the video and the music and all of a sudden you they're doing basket they're doing layups but you're like this is the coolest thing ever. They're playing in the pregame and you're just like it's basketball. It's just basketball. It's it's you put a ball in a hoop. There's, there's like, like most of the team is like six foot something like when they extend they have to jump like that much <laughs> but the music and you know what i was thinking that if i were to turn off the music on these inspirational videos i wonder how inspirational they would be <laughs> Like when I do my slow-mo theme walk jam, you know what I'm saying? When I, you know, you're you feeling it. You you, I've I got these Bluetooth earphones now, and so I, I, my phone can be in my pocket, and I'm walking. I kind of got my slow-mo walk right now. <laughs> but I realize that no one else is listening to what I'm listening to. So when they look at me, they <laughs> just see a guy walking slower. And so I'm just thinking, like in all of these scenarios, that, that music adds to what's happening like the Holy Spirit adds to our life and takes what is ordinary and makes it epic. That's great. That's great. You know what I'm saying? It takes it, it takes it to a different level because the fact of the matter is we all get up. We all do the things that are totally unspiritual. Shaving. Shaving. Unspiritual. You know what I'm saying? If it's up here or down here, it's unspiritual. (laughs) There are a lot of things that are not, man, this is a God moment. I'll brush my teeth. (laughs) My point is that I think many believers are trying to make their life count and mean something, and they feel like if I don't do something epic, if I don't do something amazing, If I don't do something memorable, then maybe I didn't do anything at all. And that's why I'm excited about this series. Because the Bible is full of ordinary people who just made a decision. They made a decision to obey. They made a decision to leave. They made a decision to follow. They made a decision to fight. They made a decision to stay. They made a decision to repent. And because of those decisions, the Holy Spirit started to take their ordinary, come on somebody, and make it extraordinary. Maybe for you, just a small decision to get up early and meet with God. Maybe just a small small decision to start praying for your neighbors. Maybe just this small, maybe you're trying to, be at this big, epic moment. Come on, I was raised in, in a church where we live for the epic moment. We live for the big crowds and the supernatural experience, and the problem with that is, is if I don't end up there, then everything else I've done is nothing. When really, we got Jennifer and Randy, and Ben was telling me this story, I guess Tuesday or last Tuesday, that she has a job and both of them came after Crystal and Ben started coming and realized we weren't crazy. <laughs> they invited her sister to come. They came. After two weeks, they got saved. And, and here's the thing, is that Jennifer's boss, Crystal's sister-in-law, sister, sorry, her, Jennifer's boss has been, had been praying for her salvation for three years. See, everybody wants to do something just epic. And and you know what? God put that in us. But a lot of times that frustrates us because if I'm supposed to live an epic life, I really don't want to work from 9 to 5. If I'm going to live this epic life, I do not want to have to go to Walmart again. (laughs) Jesus never had to go to Walmart. Because if Jesus would have went to Walmart, I'm just telling you, or or Harps or wherever, if he had to walk down and buy and check himself out, he would have ended his ministry early. (laughs) He would have said, bring on the cross, baby. (laughs) So how do we live where we're at and make where we're at great? Listen, inviting somebody to church could change not only their life, not only their family's life, not only their kids, but what if their kids grow up and become people of the house and then they're shipped off and in 15 years they go launch another campus. See, so many times we want to see this epic thing, but it's living ordinary decisions every day and those decisions move us into a place where something extraordinary can happen. we got to make ordinary work. We've got to make ordinary work. I want to look at this scripture verse. 1 Samuel 16, verse 6. 1 Samuel 16, verse 6. And before we get into actually reading the text, I want to give you a little update and get you up to speed on it. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 6, we are coming into a story where there is a major shift happening. Israel wants to move from theocracy to monarchy. And this is a major move because at this point, God has been the one to lead his people through prophets or through judges. God has been the one to move. But the nation of Israel wanted to be like the other nations. And so God allowed them to pick a man to lead over them. In picking this man, they picked Saul. Now, let me just tell you, Saul was impressive. Many places in the Bible, it talks about him being taller and stronger. And, 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 and we know that he was impressive, strong, and he was skilled in battle. Isn't it funny that no matter where you are on this planet, we are always looking for the extraordinary in people. See, we're having a problem because we do not, even as Christians, we don't know how to deal with the ordinary. See, we want our president to be extraordinary, we want our next pr- to be extraordinary. Everybody, we want our pastors to be extraordinary. We want our mates to live this extraordinary life. We want, come on, somebody. We want our wives to. And so, if you're not living this extraordinary mountaintop life, then every time you dip down a little bit, I see that you're ordinary. And I, I never wanted to. I didn't want to marry ordinary. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to start a business that was ordinary. I, I didn't want to work for a company that was ordinary. I didn't, want, I didn't want to do. But the problem is, the only thing that makes it next level is the touch of God. Yeah, that's right. Your husband, as great as he is, as awesome as he is, has ordinary days. He has ordinary battles. Your wife has ordinary battles, ordinary days. There's, there's moments when she thinks, I am so wonderful. I am so beautiful. God, you've done so many great things in my life. And then she wakes up and looks in the mirror and goes, uh, forget all that. <laughs> you've got to learn to live with your ordinary. You know what? There are men that, man, I'm a great dad. I'm doing a great job. I'm a great husband. You was like, God's doing... And then... Like, I have three conversations in a row, and I'm like, okay, forget all that. I am a terrible father, I'm a terrible husband, and I need to work on all of this. If we cannot deal with our ordinary, then here's the thing. We'll never know that the thing that makes us great is not our effort, right. but it is Christ. Right. It is the Holy Spirit. Right. Because if you can just be better, okay, come, everybody come to church and be better, all right, and, and get these lists and, and put all these sticky notes on your car. Put all these sticky notes in your house and just live better. Everybody, live better. Thank you for coming to church. Thank you for living better. I've tri- I, as anybody, I don't know about you, but I've tried to live better. And dead gum. There are days that I just don't live better. But those days, guess what? They cause you to realize that, you know what? Hey, it's the touch of God that makes wow. this thing work. Yes. And that's why I need Him in my life. Yes. See, here's the deal. We're always looking for someone extraordinary, impressive, and skilled. But the one thing I can tell you is impressive doesn't always mean that you leave a legacy. That's true. Listen, don't ever be dazzled by what's impressive. Because it's always what's underneath that counts. There will always be impressive women, impressive men, impressive business opportunities. But you better be careful. When it all looks one way, you better be careful. Because I'm just telling you this. The real issue is, is that Saul is an ordinary man who was gifted and had talents. And the only thing that took him to the next level was when he was anointed by Samuel. And, and even if you go back and read two or three chapters back, he gets anointed and he starts to prophesy. And people are like, when did Saul become a prophet? Like, can he do that before? Well, who's his dad? Like, like what we see is, it is the Spirit of God that changes everything <clears throat> and so as we look at this I want, I want to look at this so it was when they came that he looked at Elim and said surely the Lord's anointed is before him so Saul has fallen he messed up he got prideful he forgot that he was ordinary working with the supernatural God he forgot that And he thought, I can make some of these decisions myself. Three strikes and you're out. And that's what happened. And so Samuel is told by God, go pick and anoint another king. And that's what's happening. Okay? And look at this. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. Look at this. For the Lord does not see as man sees. The Lord does not see. I could stay all day on that. Come on. What God sees may not be what you see. What you see about your marriage. What you see about your finances. What you see about your family. What you see about your future. What you see about your kids. Come on. We got to take it up a level. Because what we see is. I just see what I can see. But God sees something different. God sees something different. For man looks at the outward appearance. Come on, we look at the hair. We look at the makeup. We look at the facade. We look at the iron shirt. We look at kind of what shoes you're rocking. We look at are you pleated? Or are you pre- we, we 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 look at the outward. But the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. Let's go through. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then he called to and passed by. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And then Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? And then he said, There remains yet the one youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him for we will not sit down. I, lo- I love that! I love that! We will not sit down. We will not sit down until it comes. So he sent and brought him. Look at this. And now he was ruddy. It means he had red hair, bright eyes, good-looking, Okay, you know what that omits, right? It doesn't say anything about talent. It doesn't say anything about killing. It doesn't say he is a mercenary. He is all of the expendables in one. The, he is, you know what I'm saying? He, this dude is Jet Lee. Now, you're picking the next king and your qualifications, the way you describe him is, he has red hair. Right eyes. and it looks good. Okay, we're going into battle. People are going to die. I don't care if he's cross-eyed and bow-legged. Can the brother fight? Can, can, you know what I'm saying? How can he get down? Can, 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 we, can he squabble? Can we, I mean, when we go, can we, does he want to be the first or does he want to be the last? I don't care about his eyes. The, and the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the... The one. The one. I want to spend some time talking about There's So much I can talk about, but for the sake of time... We could talk about the fact that maybe you're in a season of your life where you feel like no one knows what you're really doing. No one sees your efforts. No one sees that you're being faithful. God has maybe even left you. But can I tell you this? There were seven brothers that hung out at the house, and one was in the field. And the one who was working and producing and doing what God had called them to do, guess what? We're not going to sit down until he comes. Don't think that God has missed you. Don't think that you were on in the back row. Don't think that you are not in God's plans because God can speak your name without the invitation. Right. God can speak your name. God can drop you in. All of a sudden you thought no one was talking about you. And here's David hanging out with the sheeps, playing his harp, and all of a sudden he's being entertained by the prophet of God. Yeah. And the youngest who serves the family is about to get an upgrade. There are four keys that I want to talk about that will help us make ordinary work in order to be the one that God has called us to be. The first is this. Work every day on your heart. Above everything, work every day on your heart. Every day, we work on our career, our hobby, our home. And those are all great. But there are so many issues that spring up in our heart. And having a clean heart is the catalyst to be the one. Yeah. How do you have a clean heart? How do you, how do you have a right heart? Well, I've I got a few focus points on, on this that I want to dial down. And I think that it's just it's, it, it comes down to, to, to three things on really being able to work on your heart every day. The first is this you gotta know that God is good. In Psalms one forty five, verse nine, it says, The Lord is good at all to all, and his mercy is over all that has been made. you got your 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 starting point has to be that God is good. Not that God is bad. Yeah. Your start has to be that God is well and, and so a lot of people who have not growing up in church are like, okay, hold on. If God is good, then why do bad things happen? I want to talk about that. It wasn't too long ago, years and years ago, that we were having a, uh, we have a, 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 um, a um, in Hot Springs, there was something called Magic Springs. And it's, a, it's just a, a roller coaster place, fun for kids. And they were doing a Christian event weekend. And there were some, a family in a minivan that was going, leaving from there. There was a Christian weekend that got hit. Kids died. It was a big news everywhere. You know, how do you look at that and go, okay, if you're good... Then why do bad things happen? And a lot of people, because they, they, they heard that God would answer their prayer or something, and so they, they had a prayer, or they prayed this thing, and it didn't happen exactly the way they thought. In fact, it got worse. How do I deal with that? I mean, you're talking about God is good, but I've had a lot of bad things happen in my life. And here's what I can tell you, is that, God gives each one of us a free will to make the choices and the decisions in our life. And God does not circumvent free will. He has the power to, but He doesn't. He lets us all make the choice. And and yes, because of the absence of biblical teaching, strong churches, there are things that we don't know anymore. We don't know that God is sovereign and good. and We, we don't know that, that, that well, even, the, even the basic small things, we, we don't know how to treat our brother. We don't know how to, to respond to people. And, and the farther we get away from biblical understanding, the more animalistic we become. What do I mean by animalistic? Meaning I only do my desires. I, I chase whatever I crave. I have no ability to tell myself no if it is alcohol, porn, drugs, money, selfishness, pride, the further I get away from God's concepts, the more I become just natural. And if we're going to live in a world where natural people roll, listen, there were countless times when God was wooing you. And God was wanting to do something in your life. But the Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season. God will give you some time. And He withholds His hand of judgment on you. Hoping that you would return. Listen. Sometimes God gets a bad rap. And we're thinking that if God was good, that there would be no suffering. But who invited suffering? Man. We chose. We don't want to do it the judge's way. We don't want to be led by God. We want to be led by a man. Well, if you're led by a man, you have man issues. Now we're led by laws and government. and, 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 And this constant battle between what is our decision and what is the decisions that have already been made for us. But here's what I want to tell you is that James says that every good thing that's ever happened to your life is because of God. The Bible talks about that every tear that you've cried, that God has kept that. God hates your suffering. He hates when one of our our kids are hurt. But come on, that's like saying as a physical parent, if I was a good parent, my kids would never be hurt. What? They go roller skating. Well, I'm supposed to wrap them in bubble wrap? That's being a good parent? There are some natural things that happen in life. But God is the restorer of everything broken. See, listen, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so many times we want to focus on what God hasn't done, but we don't focus on the fact that there is an enemy that wants to destroy our life and our family. God is good. God is good. And, 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 and under the you knowing God is good, you've got to trust Him. You've got to trust that He is good even when you don't see Him working. You have to trust and believe that He's doing something. Philippians 4.6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Yeah. We're talking about working on our heart. Thanking God as good. Trusting Him. And the third thing about your heart is this. We've got to continually remove compromise.
1: Mm, You've got to make up your mind.
0: I'm not going back to some of this. I'm not going back to my old ways. I'm not going back to my old thoughts. I'm not going back to my old actions. Yes, there are times when you're tempted. Yes, there are times when, you know what, you want to think this way. Maybe you want to think like a victim. Maybe you want to think like nobody's there for you. Maybe you want to think these thoughts, but you know where those thoughts take you, and I'm not going back there. Yeah. I'm removing compromise from my life. The second thing is this. We're talking about four keys that will help us make ordinary. Um, uh, four keys that will help us make... What am I talking about here? Four keys that will make ordinary work. The second is this. We've got to let the Holy Spirit make the difference. We've got to let the Holy Spirit make the difference. Listen, I don't have time to dive into all this, but soon we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit here at church. But I want to let you know that the real difference maker in our lives is is the Holy Spirit, and He takes what's ordinary and makes it Epic. He is the music in the background. He is the one that enables us to be the one. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. In Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, even to the ends of the earth, the Holy Spirit is the X factor, not us. John 14 26 says this, but the help of the Holy Spirit, whom my Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Everybody say, all things. All things. And bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said. We need the Holy Spirit moving and working in our life. And listen, there are people that will be impacted because you say, I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one. The third thing is this. We've got to overcome the impossible. we got way too many people that live in what's possible and not possible. And all I can tell you is that if you take time to read this book, you will come up with a lot of impossible thoughts. I mean, there was no way for King David to take the throne when King Saul was already on it. That wasn't impossible sheep don't make their way to the to the palace and for you maybe you have put on these what's possible I guess it's possible for me to get my GED. I guess it's possible for me to, um, you know, make about forty, fifty thousand dollars. I guess it's possible for me to be a halfway decent father because I didn't have a great father. Maybe it's just possible. Well, my goal is to just, man, you know, I guess it's possible that I could have a decent family. I want to, I want to see God do impossible things in my life. It was impossible for Jesus to stop the storm. In Matthew, but he did. It was impossible for him to raise the dead, but he did. It was impossible for the disciples to walk under the authority of Jesus, but they did that. It's impossible. We serve a God that is limitless. And so when you pray, pray with the understanding that, you know what? I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to make a difference where I'm at. You know what? This city can have revival. Our country can repent and come back to godly values. Our our, our neighbor can be saved. Our family can be restored. We do believe in the impossible. And so with your son, you pray the impossible prayers. With your marriage, you pray the impossible prayers. With your family, with your finances, with you buying a house, you pray the impossible prayers. God, I know what it looks like in the natural, but clearly you don't go by what you see in the natural. You look deeper and there is something else and I am going to live by that. I'm going to live by that. And the last thing is this. We're talking about being the one. We're talking about starting this process and making ordinary work for us. We talked about your heart. We talked about the Holy Spirit. We talked about the, the limitations of what's possible. But I think the biggest thing, and where I want to focus the next couple minutes is this. You've got to say yes to the Lord. You've got to say yes. It ultimately comes down to you saying yes. It is those small decisions. Come on. It's not epic moments. It's small decisions. Remember, we talked about little decisions can have a major impact. When He asks you to act, you say yes. Yes. Not, I'll think about it, or that's uncomfortable, or I don't know how to do that. David had to obviously say yes to Samuel to step into the kingdom. This is the biggest difference I see from those who lived epic lives in the Bible. Is that they said yes. Yes, God, I'll meet my neighbors. Yes, I'll start paying my tithe. Yes, I'll invite someone to church. Yes, I will use my time and disciple somebody. Yes, I'll be intentional. I don't know where, but it's like in the early 90s, we had this random act of kindness. Everybody was doing this random act of kindness. I don't see Jesus doing random anything. I see Him being intentional and going to the woman at the well because He knew she was going to be there. And if we maybe stopped Shotgun Christianity. Be good to all people. Yeah, I I, want to be a Christian to all people. But my focus is not that maybe... But one specific person. My goal is that by the end of this year, one person that I work with will get in church. They don't even have to come to my church, but that they'll get in church. Mm -hmm. That one person... This year will be saved. That I will be a direct influence, not just by their observation, but observation and communication, those two combined, I will be a direct point that God can use to move in their life. You got to say yes. You got to say yes on your jobs. You got to say yes in your marriage. You got to say yes where you've got to say, come on, somebody, yes. Yes, I'll pray. Yes, I'll pray. Yes, I'll pray for more opportunities. Because here's the deal. When you say yes to the Lord, it always opens more doors of opportunity in the kingdom. You don't get to go from no, 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 no no, to epic. You go, yes, increase, yes, increase, yes, increase, yes, increase. Fifteen years ago, I I could not have started this ministry. I could not have started this church. It would have imploded. It would have been terrible. Everybody would have been offended. Uh, We would have probably been divorced. It would have been terrible. That's just that. But here's what I did. I was going to move from Waco, Texas. I had had a job uh, in high school. I was assistant manager of a movie theater. That's all I ever wanted to be. Okay? That was it. I, I had arrived. I was making more money than all of my friends. Watch movies on tap. And God told me to move to Hot Springs. And I was like, but I love movies. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Then I had another yes. Then I had another yes. What I'm saying is we are here because of a lot of yeses. Where could you be if you just made a decision? I'm going to start saying yeses. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.